and be seated. Take your Bible and turn with me to the 22nd chapter of Genesis. Genesis chapter 22. While you're doing that, uh, remind you of uh, our offering. Uh, you can text your gift, uh, text the word POPLAR uh, to 73256, and you can do it that way. Uh, or the buckets are gone. Diane has put the offering plates on the table back there. And uh, you ever had anything you say come back to bite you? She came in this morning and said, I, I put the plates out and got rid of the buckets. Is that okay? Well... It's done now. It's too late for me to say anything, isn't it? And she says, well, you've always told me it's easier to get forgiveness than it is permission. Touche. Uh, yeah, uh, okay, you win. Uh, but the offering plates are there on the table instead of the buckets. Uh, and then again, the basket is on the other side now. Um, she's just trying to confuse everybody. Uh, the basket is on the other side again. Uh, if you'd like to uh, give... I got a battery. It's not the battery. I'll change it. Uh, I don't know what it means when I have a battery that works and you bring me a dead. got to be a sign in there somewhere. How about that? I don't know. That sounds like that's the same battery I had, so I don't know. Um, but um, now you got me sidetracked. I don't even know what I was talking about. I said something about the offer. Baskets back there. I don't know what it was. Basket, if you'd like to give to help uh, Randy and Amy with all their uh, medical expenses. And uh, so many of you gave last week, but uh, some of you uh, already have asked about uh, giving this week because you didn't have, you didn't know about it last week. So uh, the basket is there. All right, Genesis chapter 22. Um, I'm just going to tell you up front. I hate preaching on Father's Day. Um, I think it was up to me. We'd just call off church on Father's Day, and I found a little clip. Uh, some of you are going to remember this uh, from the Andy Griffith Show. Uh, this sums up why I hate preaching on Father's Day. That's right, Arnold. First my bike. You can't sell my bike. Be quiet, Arnold. <laughs> There's a real nice woodshed out back. Good old-fashioned woodshed. Real nice. No, I That's the way I feel about preaching on Father's Day. Uh, I hate to say much because y'all are one of my own kind. So, uh, but I, I do think it's important this morning uh, for us to uh, to look uh, and talk a little bit about. Uh, I don't want to. I want to be careful. I don't want to. Uh, I've said before we tend on Mother's Day to brag and talk about how wonderful mothers are. Uh, and then on Father's Day, we beat them up and tell them, y'all got to do better. Uh, what I want to do is uh, this morning 
uh, as we look at this passage and uh, for a few moments, it's not just the fathers, but men in general, and ladies, that doesn't mean you get to go to sleep, uh, but men in general encourage us uh, to step up and, and be the men uh, that uh, God has called us to be. Uh, by and large, uh, I'm afraid that, again, through the influence of media in many places, uh, men have, uh, we have handed over, uh, we have walked away uh, from our uh, responsibility. And it's having devastating effects uh, on our society. I want to give you a few uh, uh, fatherhood uh, statistics and, and some research uh, that has been done about the importance uh, of fathers. Uh, and, and I want to point out to you, this isn't even distinguishing between good fathers and bad fathers. Just the role of a father. Uh, and uh, just shows you the importance, I think, uh, of uh, many of you, your children are, uh, are grown. Some of you don't have, uh, maybe don't have children. But uh, again, I, I think seeing the, hearing these numbers uh, will be a uh, reminder to us of the importance uh, of, uh, of godly men uh, doing, uh, their, uh, doing their God-appointed job. Uh, according to the Census Bureau, 18.3 uh, million children, that's one out of four, 25% uh, of the children in America uh, live without a biological, a step, or an adoptive father uh, in the house. Uh, in other words, 25% without a male uh, role model uh, in, uh, in their life. Forty percent of children in fatherless homes have not seen their father in the last year. Fifty percent of children who live without their father have never stepped foot in their father's home. Think about that for a moment. Half of the children who live in fatherless homes have never, it's not, even that the, it's not just that the father's not in the house, they've never even stepped foot in their father's home. Now hear this. 63% of all youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 85% of children that exhibit behavior disorders are from fatherless homes. 80% of all rapists are from fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts are from fatherless homes. 85% of the youth who are in prison uh, are from fatherless homes. 70% of teen pregnancies are from fatherless homes. Um, modern society's uh, impact on man, 88% of drunk drivers are men. 83% of the people arrested for serious crimes are men. Men commit 85% of all murders. If those numbers don't stir our hearts uh, and break our hearts, honestly, uh, about the role of, uh, of men uh, and the place of fatherhood, uh, the, the need for men uh, to step up uh, and, and, and be godly influences, not just in their home, 
but in uh, our society. Uh, we don't have specific statistics uh, that I can give you, uh, but I, I can tell you uh, that by and large uh, across the United States, uh, the church of Jesus Christ uh, is suffering. Uh, most everything we measure uh, is in a state of decline. Uh, we, uh, again, uh, as Baptists, uh, we have uh, our largest Baptist baptism year was 1971. Uh, we have not matched the baptisms in 50 years uh, of, uh, of, of Baptist life. Uh, we could go on and on uh, with those kinds of numbers. And much of that is due to the fact uh, of, again, uh, of the, the, the role of the male uh, and the influence uh, that uh, churches uh, have. Uh, I, I will tell you, and it's been so far back uh, now that it... Um, uh, that it's insignificant and 99% of the people who were involved in the conversation uh, have now passed away. Uh, but I proposed something one time uh, in a group of men in this church, and the answer I got was, let the women do it. Let the women do it. That's been 25 years ago, probably somewhere in that range. So, uh, again, most everybody involved in that conversation uh, are gone. But, fellas, uh, we see the importance uh, all around us uh, of the role of the man in the home, in the church, in our communities. Uh, and we need to pray uh, that God would raise up godly men, uh, that he would train up. Uh, godly men, uh, and not just young men. We, we, again, the other excuse a lot of folks have is not just let the women do it, uh, but, you know, I'm old, let somebody else do it. Uh, if you're still breathing, uh, you still have a role to play uh, in the kingdom of God. And I want you to look with me uh, in this text this morning. Many of you know uh, that this is one of my favorite passages uh, in uh, all of Scripture. Uh, and this is the story of Abraham... Uh, and God sending Abraham uh, to sacrifice uh, his son. Uh, and uh, I love this story, and I love it largely uh, for one reason. Not maybe the reason many of you think, or maybe the reason you like this story. It's not about uh, the sacrifice uh, that Abraham was willing to make. It's not about uh, Isaac's willingness to uh, submit to his father's uh, leadership and will. But it's the beginning uh, of this story. Uh, it's the beginning uh, of the passage uh, when it says, And it came to pass uh, after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. That is the part uh, that I love in this story. God said, Abraham, and Abraham answered. That is my favorite. Uh, that, that is what I like. Uh, about this story. That is what uh, that, that just moves me uh, in this story. Abraham, and he said, here am I. And then the second element uh, of this story that, uh, that I like is then it goes on and says, God uh, told him, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, uh, and get the end of the land of Moriah, and offer him there uh, for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. 
I've used this text before. I've talked about it before. Uh, Let me just remind you uh, that when God told Abraham to uh, make a sacrifice uh, of his son Isaac, that meant what the procedure would have been would have been to have taken his son, his only son, Isaac, whom he had waited for uh, for many years, and to not just offer him as a burnt sacrifice, but to literally cut him into small pieces and burn those small pieces on the altar. In verse 3, here's the second piece of this passage that I like. It says, And Abraham rose up early in the morning. And if you go down in that verse a little bit further, it says, And he went to the place which God had told him. That is what I like about this passage. And that's really what I want to focus on uh, this morning uh, when it comes to the men in particular. Uh, but ladies, you're not immune from this either. Uh, we all need to, uh, to look at this passage and consider uh, some of these uh, truths. But again, uh, particularly uh, the men this morning uh, as, we, uh, as we look at this uh, together. Look with me. Uh, and you see uh, here in this passage uh, some of the features, I think, uh, of, a, of a faithful follower, f- father. First thing I notice here uh, is his direction. Notice this. The Bible says that God said, Abraham, and he said, here am I. First thing I notice, if we're going to be the men, we're going to be the ladies that God has called us to be. If we're going to be the followers of Christ uh, that God has called us to be, we will be sensitive to the Word of God. We will be sensitive to the Word of God. We, we will hear and obey. Again, he not only heard the Word, but it says he got up early to go and do what God had told him to do. When he got there, he was prepared. Now, he, didn't, he got up early to go. He went where God told him to go. And he was going to do what God told him. There's no doubt in my mind that had God not intervened, Abraham would have sacrificed Isaac that day. There's no doubt in my mind. That was his intent. God had told him to go and to sacrifice Isaac, and Abraham was going to do what God had told him to do. There's no doubt in my mind. Abraham was not always the, stir, the, the, the marquee servant. There's times in Abraham's life where he was disobedient, where he didn't do uh, what God would have him to do. But on this occasion, I believe with all my heart, God, that Abraham, he went where God told him to go, he went early where God told him to go, and he was going to do what God told him to do. If we're going to be the men uh, and women that God has called us to be, we've got to learn to be sensitive to the Word of God. We've got to learn to listen uh, for the Word of God. We've got to learn to listen not only uh, to His written Word, but as He he speaks to us, as He leads us, as He guides us uh, daily uh, throughout our life. Uh, as, he, as His still, small voice speaks to our heart uh, and provokes us and directs us, we've got to learn to listen. And listen, that's hard to do in this society. Yeah, I, I, as in this world, there's a lot of noise, there's a lot of static. 
There's a lot of things clamoring for our attention. Uh, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, we are busier now uh, than probably we've ever been. Uh, the, the last I saw, the average work week in America has went from 40 to almost 50 hours a week. Uh, we are busy. Uh, most people you talk to, they're working two and sometimes three jobs just trying to make ends meet. And, and, and we are busy people. We need to take time to hear from God. If we're too busy to hear from God, we are too busy. If we're too busy to spend time in the Word of God, we are too busy. Men, again, I'm just, everything I say pretty much today applies to ladies too, but I'm just going to say men for the sake of time because it's Father's Day, okay? Men, listen, we have got to learn to listen for, for God to speak. You know why? And I know I'm fixing to venture off into some uh, politically incorrect ground. And that is because we are called to be the head, the leader in our home. If we're not hearing from God, who is? We're called, uh, I, I, listen, I'm going to say something that some of you, you may disagree with, but I, I believe this with all my heart. And I think if you, if you get in an argument with me, I'm pretty sure you're going to lose because I'm going to whoop out the Bible on okay? Tommy, I believe with all my heart you are the pastor of your family. Not me. I'm the pastor of this church. Tommy is the spiritual leader in his home. C.D., Larry, Archie, we are to be the... Listen, some, some men, and I know some men get all, get all big-headed and some women get ready to fight when you start talking about the men, the man being the head of the house. I don't think the Bible says man should love his wife like Christ loved the church. You know how much Christ loved the church? He loved the church enough to die for the church. I don't think God ever intended for the man to sit around and, and, and snap the whip and be the, uh, some kind of slave driver in the home. He meant for you to be the leader in the home. I'm going to tell you something else while I'm there, and I've said this before. Women don't mind a husband who leads them, who is the head of the house, when that man, when they know that man also loves them like Christ loves the church. Now, if you just want to be the boss, she's probably going to, you know, put Visine in your Coca-Cola. Yeah. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Don't, don't Google it. Just never mind. Yeah. But if you'll love her, and you'll lead her, and you'll be sensitive to the Word of God, and you'll listen for God's leadership in your life, if you just want to be the boss... You better prepare for a long, maybe not even a long, you better prepare for a miserable life. Because let me give you, and most of you fellas I think are smart enough to know this, but let me give you uh, a, a real good piece of Father's Day advice. If Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Now, that ain't in the Bible, but it ought to be. But you love her, 
and you lead her the way God is leading you, and you'll find out it's a different world in your house. We need to learn to be... When God spoke, Abraham said, Here am I. What do you want to say to me, Lord? What do you want to say? Man, are we, are we listening for the voice of God as we lead our homes? Be sensitive to the Word of God. Not only are we sensitive to the Word of God, but he was seeking the will of God. Lord, what, what, what do you want to say to me? And I will do your will. It is a sad, sad reality that in most of our homes, and thank God for them, but it's a sad reality that in most of our homes, the wife, the mother, is the really, in, in fact, the spiritual leader in those homes. That's just reality. Look at the nominating committee report of any... Ch I challenge you. Look at the nominating committee of any report of any church you want to. And you'll see who's toting the note. You'll see who's doing the work. Men, we need to get serious about the Word of God so we can find the will of God. So that we can be doing the will of God and then we can go on the way of God. When he said he got up early and went to the place where God had told him. I love this text. I really do. And I've, I've used it before. I've, you know, I've probably said some of these same things because it's such a challenge to us. And I, I know I've asked you this question before, but it's one that ever so often I think we need to ask ourselves and we need to go and, and, and think seriously about this question. When is the last time we can say for certain, fellas, that we were where God told us to be? If we, as the men, as the father, as the husbands, are not where God tells, told us to be. How in the world can we expect our wife and children and our grandchildren to be where God wants them? Let me ask you for a moment in your mind, compare the difference in Abraham and Jonah. Compare the difference. Jonah, go to Nineveh, preach. And Jonah goes in the exact opposite direction instead of going to where God told him to go. Now, we don't know. So I'm going to ask you to speculate. And I, and I acknowledge it's speculation. Part of this isn't speculation. Which one of these men do you think was the father he ought to be? The man who went where God told him to go or the man who went in the opposite direction from where God told him to go? Which one do you think was having the right influence on his children? The one who went where God told him to go or the one who went in the opposite direction where God told him to go? Listen, all I'm saying to you this morning 
I'm trying, I'm trying to be in certain ways very vague this morning because me and every one of us have a different home. Every one of us have a different background. Every one of us have different circumstances. We all have different wives, different children. We have, all, all have different things. But every one of us is called to hear the Word of God, do the will of God, and find the way of God. I don't care what your circumstance is, who you're married to, if you're married, where you work, what your background is, if you call yourself a child of God, we all have that responsibility. I'm not telling you how to raise your children. I'm not telling you whether you ought to drown them or spank them. I'm not telling you how to discipline your children. I've got opinions and I've got you know, things I think should be done, but that's at my house. I'm not telling you how to treat your wife. I'm not telling you, you know, what to, no, any of that. All I'm telling you is if you will be sensitive to the Word of God, the will of God, go the way of God, all those things will magically fall into place. You get in the Word of God, you'll know how to be a good husband. The Bible will tell you. You get in the Word of God, you'll know how to be a good father. You'll know how to be a good wife. You'll, listen, well, I might as well, this is free. Young people, if you'll, if you'll start paying attention to the Word of God, you'll know how to be a good youngin. You won't have to go to Andy's woodshed as often. Listen, the answer is you, get it, you be sensitive to the Word of God, the will of God, and you see if everything else doesn't start falling right into place. Now, notice his dilemma. When he says, God, here I am, God says to him, take your son, your only son Isaac, take him to the place I'll show you and offer him as a burnt sacrifice, as a burnt offering. Abraham has a dilemma. He has a dilemma just like Jonah had. Jonah had a decision to make. Jonah had a choice. Am I going to go to Nineveh or am I going to go the other direction? Abraham had a dilemma. You know what? His dilemma even had a name. Anybody know the name of Abraham's dilemma? Huh? I think I heard it. Sarah, absolutely. That was his dilemma. That was his problem. Can you imagine how that trip could have turned out? They start back home, and Sarah's standing on the porch. She wasn't looking for Abraham. Don't fool yourself. She, uh, uh, you know, she, she wasn't, she wasn't, Abraham, he'd take care of himself. Where's my boy? That's what she was wanting to know. Where was that boy? Where was that boy she had waited on? Where was that boy God had given her? Abraham had a dilemma. Every person in this room, and men in particular, we have a dilemma. I want you to think for a moment, and I mentioned this a moment ago, the portrayal of the male, of the father, on the average, maybe not all of them, but on the average television show. Think about how they're portrayed. Many people look at, for example, the Cosby Show as a nice 
wholesome show. But I want to challenge you to look at that show closely and see who run the house. Not the man. Most men on, in media are portrayed much more like an Al Bundy character than they ever are a strong role model. And I'm not sure if we look at our society, is, that, is our society reflecting the media or is the media reflecting our society? I'm not sure which came first, the chicken or the egg in that story. But we have a dilemma just like Abraham had. It's not easy in this society. It's not easy in this culture to be the man that God has called us to be. But I want to tell you something. I can go back to those statistics and tell you the consequences of not being that man are far greater than the, consequence, the risk of being that man. Abraham had a dilemma. His decisions. Look what he did. He rose up early. His reaction was prompt. He didn't hesitate. He got up and he went. He got up and he went where God sent him to go. Where God told him to be, he went. Now, I've looked at that text and I've told you before, I might would have got up early, but I'm afraid I would have been like Jonah and went the other direction. This says he got up early and went where God told him to go. I would have probably got up. I'm not sure I'd have got up early. I'd have probably slipped in, but when I did get up, I probably wouldn't have went where God said go. I'd have probably hid. Let's just be, and most of you would have too. But his reaction was prompt. He immediately responded to the word and the will of God. Folks, when it comes to fathers, and again, I, I am one of you. I'm like Opie. But here's been my experience in 30-some years of ministry. And I, I, again, I, I don't want to beat us up. I'm just telling you what I've seen. Men, most of the time, we shut the gate after the cow's out. Kid gets up about 16, 17 years old and starts acting like a nut. And then we want to step in and try to do something. It's too late. About 80% of a child's personality is established by the time they're eight years old. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go. What it talks about, there's a tree in my yard that was planted crooked. It's been that way since, now it's not got on up now about a little taller than your head, but if you see that tree, it's growing at about a 45. It's my tree, but the day's going to come when it's going to be in my mama's garage. I mean, it's, you know, it's growing at about a 45-degree angle because that was the way it started. And unless something happens, unless I finally go out there and do what I keep thinking I need to do and, and wire it up and pull it back straight, it's going to grow up some kind of crooked because it started crooked. But every day I wait to get that tree pulled back straight, the harder it gets to get it straightened up. And the day will come when I won't be able to straighten it up. It'll be set. Folks, our children, our, 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 our grandchildren, they're the exact same way. 
We wait until they get 13, 14, 15, and then we try to intervene. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Do a little Googling on the 13-year-old drug addicts and the 13-year-old murderers. Folks, we've got to point them. We've got to start them out. Listen, we can't wait. We've got to respond to the Word of God. Listen, his response, uh, his reaction was prompt, but his response was proper. He went to the place where God told him to go. Too many, I'm, I'm, I'm fixing to get real political or whatever, not political, but anyway. Too many people are raising their children by Dr. Phil and Oprah. Nothing irks my soul much worse than these folks who get on TV with Dr. Phil and Mari and Oprah and this kind of stuff and say, I can't control my teenager. I'm going to break the wood off the side of this pulpit just thinking about it. You know the reason, listen, because you waited till they were a teenager to try. Yeah, now, I want to point out something to you. The whole statement about training up a child in the way he should go and he'll not depart from it, that's a proverb. It's not a precept. There's a difference. There's some really good parents that have tried really hard, and their kids have grown up to be monsters. <laughs> and there's some really lousy parents who raised some really good. There's some of y'all sitting here today who were not raised in a Christian home. You were raised by an alcoholic. You were raised by an abusive father. And you turned out, God changed your life around. But it's a principle. It's a proverb. It's not an excuse not to do our best. It's not an excuse not to be obedient to the will of God. Abraham went, and he did what he was supposed to do. And then we see his descendants. Let's just talk for a minute about what come out of that. We know what kind of people God raised up out of that family. Listen, there is no, and anybody who says there is, most likely has never raised a child. If you really want an expert's opinion on child rearing and raising, go ask somebody that's never raised one. I guarantee you. Anybody had that experience in your life? Yeah. If you really want an expert's opinion, ask somebody that hadn't raised one. They'll tell you exactly what you're doing wrong. I've been through four, and I ain't figured it out yet. I tell people all the time, David was an experiment. If we have maybe ten more, I might get halfway figured out. But I know this, that if there's any hope for our families, if there's any hope for our nation, if there's any hope for our churches, it'll come from the men who decide I'm going to be a faithful servant of Jesus Christ. Will we still have delinquent children? Yes. Will we still have children that don't do what they ought to? Absolutely. 
But if I'm going to roll the dice, I'm going to roll the dice and do my best to raise my children according to God's plan. I'm going to do my best with God's help to live my life according to God's plan. Doesn't mean there won't be bad days. It doesn't mean I'm still not going to mess up. But it means, men, we need to make every, every possible effort we can to be the man that God has called us to be. In our homes, in our churches, in our country. I think, and this is purely opinion, but I've got, again, a lot of statistics to support my opinion. A vast majority of what ails our nation is because we have failed to be the men God called us to be. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. I promise you, I'm not trying to beat men up. I really, again, I'm like Opie. I am one of you. But I think there's some things that's got to be said in the church. And one of them is on the role and the responsibility of men. The Bible is very clear. We don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder about what our job is and how we should conduct ourselves. The Bible is very clear. Start with Ephesians chapter 5. Go home and read Ephesians 5 and start there. When you get that figured out and you get that down pat, come back and I'll give you some more homework. But I want to challenge you this morning. Men, I want to challenge you to join me here at this altar praying with each other, for each other. And I tell you something very bluntly. If this church or any church is going to survive into the future, the men of the church are going to have to commit themselves to be the men God has called them to be. Thank God for the work and the sacrifice of women. I'm not minimizing it. I appreciate it. I love it. I'm all for... Listen, I... I, I recognize the, the contribution of, of, of ladies to the, to the movement of the gospel and the advancement of the church. But men, we've got a job to do. Ladies, I want to challenge you this morning to take your husband by the hand, bring him up here to the altar, and pray for your husband. I wonder what would happen in our society of women if wives would get real serious about praying for their husbands.
It's time for us to get serious about commitment. Ladies, listen, I, I know today's Father's Day, and I know I've mainly kind of been talking to men. But the same is true to you. You have a role to play. You have a place to serve. You, 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 you're to be obedient to the Word of God as well. We're going to change our society. If we're going to see a difference in our culture, if we don't, we're just going to continue to spiral down, out of control. These weak need no spine men we've got running around in many places running this country are going to doom us. We need men to be men. Step up and do the job God called them to do. Would you come and would you pray? God, help me to be that man. Would you come and pray for your husband? Lord, let him be that man. Teach me to support him, to help him, to be a helpmate, as God describes. Father, we thank you today for your word. God, I pray today that you'll take my words and you'll filter them through your heart, through your mind. God, you'll bring them out the other side where they're clear and they're plain. And I know that in 2021, this is somewhat of an offensive topic to many. God, I pray that you'll filter, you'll change our hearts. And God, that... Today, the men that hear my words will know my heart bleeds. My heart, God, as a man, as a father, God, I'm, I'm with them. I'm, I'm in that same boat. God, help us to be the men in our homes, in our churches, in our country that, that we need so desperately. God, I pray, Lord, that the ladies who hear my words today, God, that you wouldn't let them be offensive. And I know that it can be. But, Lord, let them know we love them. We appreciate the sacrifice, the work they do. God, that we all have a role to play and a, and a God-given responsibility and job. And, God, that male and female alike today, we'd commit ourselves to be the person you've called us to be. And we'll give you the honor for what you do in this place, which in Jesus' lovely name I pray. Amen. As we stand together.